0: What's up, Yugi bros, Yugi girls, and Yugi uh, NBs? Which is a fun way to say non binary.
1: It's time to. D- 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 these nuts.
0: Uh, Aw, yeah. Little... We're bringing some more of that. Trying um, try another one. Yeah i like it i like the aggressive like energy that it brings it starts to show off on like a a powerful foot
1: yeah uh i'm Um, I'm excited for these episodes
0: yeah they're good ones um (laughs) my voice cracked
1: it's okay i'll edit that out
0: thank you so much um yeah, these are really good episodes. I think they show a lot of, like, uh, great character development for a lot of different characters.
1: Yeah, um, and we got to see Taya play.
0: Yeah! Uh, but before we uh, talk about the episodes, we should step outside the dueling arena, um, and if it's all right with you, maybe mention something that we are watching that's not Yu-Gi-Oh!,
1: yeah, last time I said Mob Psycho, and I'm still currently watching Mob Psycho. I think I've gotten to the actual main plot story arc, I guess. Now. Yeah. It's pretty cool because you get to see there's a lot of characters in this show. Mm hmm. Because at the beginning there's like three. And now there's like yeah. a whole secret organization called Scar, and they all have powers. Some of them are mm-hmm. not good with their powers.
0: Mm-mm. Um, if you would you ever want to have like psychic powers like Mob has?
1: Um, maybe not to the level of Mob. That's it seems kind of destructive. Yeah. But sure, yeah.
0: Just like a little psychic powers. Maybe a
1: little telekinesis, just a little bit, so I don't have to reach for things yeah i think
0: i don't know why but i feel like that's what everybody kind of wants it's just like enough so you don't have to reach for
1: things yeah totally
0: um i have been re-watching the show pushing daisies they just bought the first season at half price
1: that's the one where the dude is death or one of them is death or something
0: uh, so, like, the whole premise of the show Pushing Daisies is there's this pie maker named Ned who can uh, bring things back to life by touching them, but the minute that he touches that thing again, the, it'll die, and if he keeps things alive for more than a minute, something else has to die to, like, keep the balance. Interesting. Um, And the the show's sort of inciting event is that uh, his childhood sweetheart ends up um, dying. And the detective that he, he works with to solve crimes is investigating her murder. He brings her back to life and then can't bring himself to make her be dead again. So now they're, like, in a relationship, but they can never physically touch each other again. Otherwise, she'll die. Uh, okay. It's a very quirky show.
1: I've seen the uh, GIF where they, like, kiss through a plastic wrap or something.
0: Yeah, like, they kiss through plastic wrap. They sleep in beds that are separated by a big table.
1: Seems very, uh, uh of our time. You know?
0: It's... It's a very like watching it, I can understand why it was like a very 2010s show. People were really into it, yeah, but also I can totally see why it got canceled after two seasons because it is for such a narrow audience mm. It's for people that would get really excited about Kristen Chenoweth being in it.
1: I don't know who that is. I know the main dude is uh he's in like halt and catch fire, right
0: yeah, Lee yeah, Pace. Lee he's Pace. a really good actor. I enjoy him. Um, uh, Kristen Chenoweth is most famous for being on Broadway, where she played uh, Glinda the Good Witch in the first incarnation of The Wicked musical. Hmm. And she's most known for the fact that she can hit extremely high notes.
1: Does she sing in the show?
0: Yes. Oh, okay. There's a entire episode where, like, the... One of the song motifs is uh, Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. Um, And despite that being a very popular song, I can see how that might be alienating for the primetime TV audience that was probably not super into it.
1: What network Um, was it on? Oh, I believe ABC. Okay, it seems like an ABC show.
0: It's kind of an ABC show, uh, but for a very niche audience, not unlike that show creator's other show for a primetime TV network, which was NBC's Hannibal. Uh, Brian Fuller did that one as well. Mm. And you see a lot of the same actors who did bit roles in Pushing Daisies doing slightly larger roles in Hannibal, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now that we've spoken outside the dueling arena, I suppose it's time that we step into it, or step uh, within the bounds of it, since we're starting our first episode, Shining Friendship, outside of Pegasus' castle. uh, Not quite entering it yet.
1: Yeah, for some reason they decided to walk down all those stairs again.
0: Mm-hmm. Well... I'm not sure about the layout of Pegasus' castle, but maybe they had to go down the stairs again for to get off the roof.
1: Oh maybe, yeah. That's
0: true. I was distracted at the beginning of this episode because I couldn't find my favorite pen.
1: <laughs> uh so Well, Yugi um, is uh shocked from his last battle with Kaiba. He's disassociating, as the kids would say.
0: It's the hip slogan. Yeah. Um Yeah, Yugi's being very quiet. He's still pretty messed up over the fact that he couldn't control himself, question mark. Um, It's kind of funny. I think he puts it uh, a very specific way later on in the episode. But it's funny to hear someone describe what Yugi's having as like a kind of identity crisis as, I'm struggling with the spirit that's trapped within my puzzle box. Uh, which I guess you could say is, like, struggling with parts of yourself that you don't understand.
1: Aren't we all, Yugi? Aren't we
0: all? Aren't we all struggling with the spirit of an Egyptian pharaoh who keeps trying to get us to murder our opponents? Uh, but, yeah, Yugi's totally out of it, and... Um, now that he lost those star chips to Kaiba, he technically can't get into the castle. And his friends are trying really hard to get him to, uh, move on. Joey, even, like, very selflessly is like, hey, I'll give you the chips that you need, because even though I need to pay for my sister's surgery, your grandpa's soul being trapped in a card is maybe a little more pressing uh, a little more urgent matter. But Yugi doesn't respond to any of it. Because he's kind of in his own uh, disassociated whirlpool of emotion.
1: Yeah, then Mai shows up.
0: And then Mai shows up. Which always makes an episode better.
1: But also, Joey like, grabs Yugi and he's like, What are you doing? You're not taking my friendship Starships. What's going on?
0: Yeah, he he because he doesn't understand. Uh, which I guess is very reasonable since, um, I don't think any of them really know what literally is going on with Yugi right now because he still hasn't explained the spirit right to them totally. Um, they only have uh, Bakura's. Uh, bean spilling about there maybe being something off with the uh, Millennium items. Yep. Uh, But Mai's there to kind of, you know, give him a kick in the pants as well as uh, be like, hey, you once like helped me when I was really down so I'm here to help you. I have a bunch of extra star chips because I've just been destroying noobs, Uh, I want to give these to you because I technically owe you them. But Yugi won't accept them because he's made a secret vow to himself that he's never going to duel
1: again. Yeah, so Mai gets mad and storms off, or starts to, and then Teya decides to challenge Mai for those starships.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot that there's, like, one intercut scene of Seto Kaiba in the castle. And, uh, Pegasus being like, a toast to Kaiba!
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I drew his his buddy Croquette, the agent, with the waffle yeah. face, going like, huh? He said Do you that. think
0: that that guy was named Croquet before he
1: started to work for Pegasus,
0: or if Pegasus, like, forcibly changed his name. He definitely
1: name. forcibly changed his name.
0: He's like, well, I don't like the name Jeff. <laughs> I think you should change it. What about Croquet? Yeah,
1: and they happen to be playing Croquet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, but Taya, who I did write in my notes, she has tiny hands in this episode, as opposed to a previous episode, mm. where she had big hands. Uh Tiny Hands Taya is like I'll do my I will duel my for Yugi to get those star chips. Um and it's exciting because we've never really seen Taya duel before. Uh so we get to see what her deck looks like. Yeah. Uh which is mostly uh little circle creatures.
1: Mostly cards that look like Kirby with wings.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the first card that she plays, just called Petite Angel, uh kind of looks like a donut hole. Almost like a cake ball. Sure. Um, which is pretty soundly destroyed by my um harpy lady.
1: Yeah, it gets owned, and then uh, Taya. What's weird about Taya is she's like doesn't know what her own cards do. She doesn't remember. Which I guess when you look at the cards in the show, they don't of the description in them, but it's just really odd to me.
0: Yeah, that was confusing for me, because I was like, can't she just read the card description of what the card does? Yeah. And it, it didn't seem like... Like, the situation of the duel was pretty high pressure in that Kaya's like, I need to do this to get Yugi those star chips. But overall, it didn't seem like as a kind of, like, speedy situation where she wouldn't have had time to read the description.
1: Yeah, and they, uh... They don't make it seem like she hasn't played in a while because there's a part where Joey says that they like she did a strategy before that he's Mm -hmm. seen. So just a weird, weird line read, I guess.
0: I'm also, I was also kind of uh, confused while watching this duel because I was like, it feels weird that Taya wouldn't have, like, Really taken in many of the lessons from watching Yugi and Joey duel because she was not really doing very much. I'm so sorry. I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> um, it it seemed like she hadn't really internalized a lot of the strategies that they had been using. And so it's pretty easy for Mai to sort of get underneath Teya's defenses.
1: Yeah.
0: um, Which she does fairly handily um, by equipping the Harpy Lady with a very cool magic card called Rose Whip.
1: Showing that Mai is truly a dom. I just...
0: This whole episode was making me think about uh, that tweet that uh, the was on the podcast Twitter where it was like, what uh, Yu-Gi-Oh character would you want to have a White Claw with? And this whole episode for me was a exercise in realizing that the only real True answer is my, like my would be the best to share a white claw with. She seems super cool and she has like rose whip which is like aesthetically very nice.
1: Yeah. I think uh she... you might catch like Bandit Keith drinking a white claw but he would have it in like a paper bag and be like, "Well, mm-hmm. I'm not drinking a white claw. This is a lone star." This yeah. is a bud tall boy.
0: <laughs> well, uh, this is a shiner. <laughs> um uh, uh, he only drinks Texas brands, by the way. Sure. You
1: can be from Texas.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, so uh my plays Rose Whip, which I'm I think knocks out uh, one of Taya's cards. However, um, Taya decides that she is going to play a card called Shining Friendship, which is another little cake ball Kirby card. Yep, but, but it's green. But it's green, and when she plays it, she talks about how this is sort of she wants this to represent the power of her Joey. Tristan and Yugi's uh, friendship, conveniently leaving Bakura out of that one. He, <laughs> he's not a, a friend no. yet, I guess.
1: He's just that weird kid from school that's on this island for some reason.
0: Yeah. Jolly ho, pip pip.
1: Sorry, Bakura. He did almost try to destroy their souls or whatever. So. He...
0: Well, here's the thing. Didn't almost all of the these people that they keep hanging out with kind of try to kill them at least once? It's just par for the course in the Yu Gi Oh world. I guess so. Ah, uh, the epic highs and lows of uh, children's card games. Uh, uh, so
1: doesn't tail also summon some kind of fairy creature? Yes.
0: But I don't remember if that's more toward the end.
1: Oh, I just, Um, I just know like I saw some weird screen shifting when that character was on the screen, and I was wondering if it was like censored, like it, if it was naked, but they like. It might
0: have been. It might have been, um, especially like the designs on the fairies are kind of uh, not great, and the. I feel like overall the animation in this episode is really spotty. Everyone looks very like squat for some reason. Yeah. Which is kind of strange. The proportions are weird and stuff. Like they'll look really squat in um what's it? Like a what like a long shot where you can see the whole uh person. Um but when it's like close ups, the animation looks ...pretty nice and well-detailed. Yeah. So it's it seems like this was probably a product of... ...later on having to go in and adjust things to... ...I don't know... ...cover stuff up. Uh, meanwhile, while Taya is trying to like figure out how to... ...use her cards in a way that conveys the powerful feelings that she has for her friends... Um, Yugi is kind of like looking at this duel and thinking, oh, wow, yeah, I should be, because like at the same time, uh, Mai is trying to get Teya to quit because she's like, look, Yugi quit, so why would you keep fighting? And so Yugi's like, you know what, I should be fighting for my ability to duel more. I should be fighting to save my grandpa. Like, if is willing to kind of stick her neck out for me, it's, uh, that's like an inspiration for me to sort of look beyond how shaken I am by my defeat by Kaiba. I should be trying as hard as Taya is as well.
1: Yeah, it was um, interesting in uh, Yugi's Head, he, like, they show Yami Yugi standing next to him. Mm-hmm. But Yami Yugi's taller. Did you notice that? Uh,
0: not really. Oh, he's like
1: much taller than I I was still thinking about Yugi. my favorite head. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like, I, well, also, I think in, like, the, it's, it's maybe like being kind of representative of how like larger than life yami yugi Hmm. is to yugi and like how he kind of has to stop thinking about him like that because that sort of uh thinking of yami yugi as like a bigger person than yugi is the reason why he's having trouble pushing past what happened in the last duel right and he has to realize that he has just as much power as Yami Yugi in this sort of uh, possessor-possessee relationship.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and Taya has figured out what her magic card does. Yeah, she remembers. Able, yeah, she's able to defend against um one of Mai's attacks. And, uh, which, how did, it's like Wavaku, I think, is the magic card that Teya uses.
1: Yeah, I don't remember the name. I know.
0: Yeah, I only, I only wrote it down because it was like, what? That doesn't make, that, the, the name of that card tells me almost nothing about what that card does or what its monster design is. 'Cause it's like three magician dudes in cloaks and right. it basically um reduces your opponent's attack power to zero. Uh, yeah.
1: and there's some good back and forth card playing in this duel, like the D spell. Mm-hmm. And then like Taya ends up using D spell as well.
0: Yeah, um, Mai uses D spell against Taya to disarm the Petite Angel and then destroy it. And then in Taya's sort of final combo attack, she uses D spell against the Harpy Lady, which um, disarms it and allows Taya to use the power-up on Shining Friendship to turn it from a little Kirby guy to an actual, like, um more humanoid monster that's equipped with a bow and arrow. Um, and what's interesting about this combo attack is one, cool combo attack, love to see it. Um, using multiple magic cards and monster cards to power each other up, yep. it's cool as hell. Uh, but also, we see my reach for a card and then, like, not use it.
1: Yeah, the heartbeat feather duster or whatever it's called. Yeah.
0: And it's only acknowledged after uh, Taya does her whole attack. But Mai basically was like, had a card that could have kept her in the game, but was like, oh no, I don't have any more cards. I surrender.
1: Yeah, at some um, point in this fight. Taya mentions how high the stakes are, and I was like, "The stakes aren't high." She's like, if Maya loses, she loses five starships she doesn't mean and if she wins, Taya doesn't it's... lose anything. So,
0: yeah, I think it's high in Taya's mind because she's
1: trying to save Yugi. Yeah,
0: yeah, she's viewing it as the only way to be able to get Yugi to take the starships because they've like, because like at the beginning of the episode. Mai literally offers Yugi those eight star chips, but Yugi does not accept them. And so maybe Teya's thinking is like, oh, I, if I win these star chips, then he'll have to accept them because they were won and not really, like, given. Um, But the stakes really aren't that high. I think it's just maybe highlighting also the age difference between Mai and the rest of the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh gang. Because she's, like, in her 20s and they're, like, 16. So she's able to see more clearly, like, oh, yeah, I gain nothing if I lose this. But, like, these kids are my friends. And so why would I you know be a jerk and keep fighting when i could just let Teo win because she did she's proven herself as a duelist right um which is basically what she says uh after she surrenders yugi's like i know that you had like that feather duster card in so, your deck why you did yugi know if
1: there was that card specifically
0: um i don't know okay maybe he just guessed Sure. Or maybe he remembered from Joey's mm, yeah. duel that that's, like, what would come next. Um, but, yeah, he he kind of calls Mai on it, and he's like, hey, you have that card in your deck that could have kept you in the game. Why didn't you play it? And Mai is, like, pretty gracious and being like, oh, I mean, like, Hea would have still given me a run for my money, whether I had stayed in the game or not. And that's not important right now. Um, showing, like, a way better priority understanding than most of the characters in this whole yeah. show. And she's like, yeah, I don't need to prolong this duel at all. It's not important. Um, But yeah, so Teo wins... Her first on screen duel. Um, she gives the star chips to Yugi, who's very nice and is like, Thank you, Taya. Like, these star chips really helped me, but it also really inspired me to see you fight so hard in that duel. And I really appreciate it. Um, and I didn't write down who says it, but somebody says it's a bullseye for friendship. <laughs> Um, and, uh, my favorite part of this episode was when Mai did a little, like, Yami Yugi thumbs up. Where she's like, we're all in this together, guys. Right. Let's go have a fun time. We don't gain anything by being assholes.
1: (laughs) Then they all race to the castle.
0: Yeah, it's like a nice, pleasant ending to this episode. And then the next episode is... A bunch of people pulling asshole moves. Yep. Um, so uh I guess that we should move on to the part one of a three part duel. Um champion versus creator. Champion versus creator. It's all coming down to this. Uh not really, because there's a lot of episodes to go through.
1: <laughs> oh, with that. That marks, I believe, we're halfway through the first season.
0: Yeah, I was kind of, I was, like, skimming to see, to, like, look at how much we have left of the first season, and it's kind of crazy that we are getting so much closer. It's, It feels like it in the beginning it was never-ending, but once you get into the plot, I feel like the episodes start to go
1: faster. Once we got faster. on the island, for sure, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And once you get past the first few island duels that are a little more like one-offs to teach you the rules of the Duelist Kingdom duels. Um, And we're also starting to get more into, like, Pegasus' character, which is
1: pretty spooky. We're in the big leagues now. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But before we get into any serious stuff, uh, the gang starts clowning on Chemo. Who is guarding the castle door? Uh, as well as like the starship. What it's like a starship lock that you have to put the yeah, starship like in. Vault. Yeah, and they're clowning on him, cause he's like, "What you guys have enough starships? Oh my gosh!"
1: Yeah, he's trying, trying to like, also the... keep uh the non, dualist cell. The...
0: Yeah, he's he's telling Taya, Tristan, and Bakura that they can't come in. They don't even have, like, star chip gloves. Um, but then Mai uses, like, a little flirtation where she's like, "Wow, come on, won't you just let us in? Uh, and they sneak in while he's, like, flustered by positive attention because up until now everyone's just yelled at him. Uh, and they sneak in and then lock him out. And he calls them a bunch of thumb suckers. Which is like an extremely four kids style insult. Yeah. Um, but that is how I will be insulting all twenty year olds from now on.
1: Uh, all those zoomers.
0: All zoomers are thumb suckers to me, <laughs> A high and mighty twenty six year old. <laughs> uh, and then uh they. Get away from one jerk only to run into another one uh, when they find Bandit Keith.
1: Yeah, when Joey says, I hate that guy, or something.
0: And that was also my thoughts (laughs) when I saw Bandit Keith. Yeah. Uh, However, my only note from that scene (laughs) was when, because Joey goes to punch him, and Bandit Keith blocks it, and it's like a honk.
1: Yeah, it's some funny sounds. I thought it was good. It's like
0: a clown. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, uh, Bandit Keith gives them the lowdown on on what's happening, and he's like, we got, like, a little warm-up duel that we get to watch, which is Pegasus versus Kaiba, um, and I believe it is Joey who's like, oh, man, this is gonna be wild, because Pegasus is a grade-A nutcase, which is true. He is um, he and Kaiba meet on this like weird bridge thing, uh, where they're kind of determining the rules of the duel. Uh, and Kaiba's not Kaiba, sorry, Pegasus says duel in a really weird way. And he like drags it out, uh, and he tells that the only way that he can get his brother's soul back is if he beats him in a duel. Yeah,
1: I just wrote Uh, down that. He says, oh, no, a lot in this episode. He's, like, as much
0: as I am disliking Pegasus's, like, jerkery and clownery, I am also, like, okay, but he is being very uh he is serving he is like bringing some camp realness to yeah. this uh duel and I like that because it's such a fun contrast to uh Seto's like very um straightforward blunt style and it's just very nice it's like a good combo um the other thing that's great is that um now Yugi and the gang are finally hearing what the stakes are for Kaiba and Yugi's like oh oh my god we're battling for the same thing holy shit um and Kaiba looks up and sees that Yugi and the gang are there (laughs) and Yugi just looks down and is like
1: Hey there, there, Kaiba. Kaiba. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote that down too, because it was just funny. (laughs) He's like, oh, hey there. You didn't just traumatize me two episodes Mm -hmm. ago.
0: Well, because Kaiba's reacting to it like, how could they be here? I don't understand. (laughs) And Yugi's like, hey guys. Yeah. Funny seeing you here.
1: Yugi's like the the normal to Kaiba's Garfield.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Yugi is like, we're best friends. We're good friends who know each other. Um, I also... So... um, What's happening is that uh, Seto's like, okay, we're gonna duel, blah, blah, blah. You have my brother's soul. That sucks. You're an asshole. However, we have to duel with my cool new duel discs. And so he throws one over to Pegasus. And Pegasus (laughs) does a big show of being like, ooh, how do I use this? I've never used such a big (laughs) piece of equipment. Um, And uh, Kaiba humorously is like, cut the theatrics. (laughs) Like he's a dad telling you that you can't dress up like a ballerina. Um, And... That, the, the reason why it's, like, so funny is because then the episode takes, like, a very dark turn right after that. Yeah. Because Pegasus is like, you know, if we use this, I have a request too. And my request is that I'll play the whole game. It'll be all my strategy. But somebody else will be using the actual dual disc. And everyone's like, somebody else is using the dual disc. Who could it be? Oh, my gosh. Um, and so he brings out Mokuba's like soulless body that's yep. still in chains and is like, if you wanna use your cute little
1: dual discs,
0: you're gonna have to battle your brother's like basically animated corpse.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fucked up.
0: Yeah, and Seto's like, I can't I don't wanna duel my brother, I can't hurt him. It's that's not fair. You're a monster. Um, so he, uh, agrees that he will, they don't have to use the dual discs. And gives, uh, Pegasus the home field advantage. Uh, and so then the, uh, bridge that they're on, uh, pushes back, uh, Pegasus sends the, um, Mokuba zombie away, and uh, they lower in the dueling arena that Tristan says is like, "Wow, it's like the world's biggest elevator."
1: <laughs> like, we don't need a reference point. It looks like a conveyor belt. Mm. The thing they're standing on. Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, there's a episode in a way later season where they kind of they return to that spot and someone else duels Kaiba there. Oh cool. Um and that's the season where I started to lose um interest. Yeah. Cuz there's a lot of bullshit in it that doesn't make any sense. Um anyways, uh Yugi is rooting for Kaiba. He's like, you need to remember to think about the heart of the cards and not just about strategy because that's going to bite you in the ass. Like, it always bites you in the ass. And Kaiba's like, thanks for the help. I don't need it. I can duel. I'm going to win this duel by dueling how I always duel. And I'm going to wipe the floor with Pegasus. Uh. And everyone's kind of like oh my gosh, this is so crazy. This is like a legend versus a legend. And then Kaiba says, he's like, we've known each other a long time. And that, like, in my head, I was like, how long have Seto, Kaiba, and Pegasus known each other?
1: Yeah, it's, we know they've been at tournaments before, but we don't know. uh, We also don't know kind of like the, relationship between their two companies.
0: Yeah. Um, cause it's I mean I guess you would have to assume that what well, what I was assuming is that the dueling arenas that they're using in Duelist Kingdom are not the same as the Kaibakor ones. Hmm. That they might be ones that are made by Pegasus's uh company, which is Industrial Illusions, I believe. Right. Um. But I was also like, I feel like did Pegasus maybe know, how has Pegasus known Kaiba since before his step, his uh, adopted dad died? Like, he had to have known him as like a young kid because yeah, Kaiba's only he's only like 16.
1: Or Pegasus just does his research.
0: It seems like they've known each other for a long time, because they talk to each other and constantly mention it. Um, it's also like he just kind of knows all the ways to get underneath Kaiba's skin, and it's kind of creepy that he's like so excited to do it. Anyways. Uh, so Pegasus is doing some really high quality acting as... Kaiba plays his first card, which is called Rude Kaiser. Uh, and kind of pretends that he doesn't have a card that can go up against it, but he does. Uh, which makes me question why the acting at that point.
1: Yeah, Pegasus um, is definitely kind of uh, putting on a show.
0: He's, yeah, he's like trying to make it a uh, real... He's toying he's with him. Really, yeah. Um. Except, like, the weird thing though, it's like these first few things he's not even toying with him yet. It just feels like added acting because the toying stuff that comes in later uh, feels even more pointed. Um. So Kaiba plays rude Kaiser. That. I think, beats one of Pegasus's cards.
1: Yeah, it's some kind of, like, alligator with an axe or something.
0: Yes, yeah, it's like this alligator dragon that, through a magic card, Kaiba's able to defeat. But then, um, when Kaiba's like, okay, now I need to think of my next strategy... Uh, he gets thrown off because when he's about to pull and play the blue eyes white dragon, uh, Pegasus pulls out a card that's called Prophecy. Where he, if he can guess that the card Kaiba's about to play is either above or below 2,000 points. Then he gets the card.
1: Yeah, interesting card. Hmm? It's an interesting card to have, um, like, guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, In this duel, it will be a lot of, like, cards that you've never really heard of. And that gets chalked up to the fact that Pegasus makes the cards. Right. So you can kind of make cards that are best for him. Hmm. Um... And so Prophecy really benefits him because then he gets to use his, like, Millennium Eye powers. Yeah. Uh, but also, you could probably use this card with no Millennium Eye with Kaiba. Yeah. And you could guess, guess Kaiba was
1: going to play Blue Eyes. Come
0: on. Yeah. Uh, and so he guesses that Kaiba was going to play a monster that's over 2,000, which he was because he was going to play uh, Blue Eyes. Which means that uh, Pegasus gets ownership of one of Kaiba's blue eyes white dragons. Uh oh, yeah, it's it's big, big bad. Uh, but it also made me think about how, for some reason, a lot of I was like, how come so many like antagonists in Yu-Gi-Oh use like fake psychic as their thing
1: is that when the uh, pegasus is like was i right was i right yeah i thought that was a good like, like improv it sounded like an improv line sequence where he was like was i right was i was i right
0: I yeah he he, was it good. was like a very good gloating yeah. villain move uh and so uh kaiba has to hand over his card and now
1: uh Kaiva tries now, to pull what he pulled on Yuki?
0: Mm-hmm. He's going to play Soggy the Dark Clown with a virus crush card. And it's almost like, it's so sad to watch it, too. Because you're like, why can't you figure out what uh, Pegasus is doing? Because, like, Pegasus is also, like, internally monologuing. He's like, oh, Kaiba's going to play the virus card and the clown card together. I have the perfect card to counteract that. Meanwhile, Kaiba's like, I have the perfect thing to destroy this guy. Um, and plays the Soggy the Dark Clown and the Virus Crush card. But Pegasus already has a card that negates the Virus Crush card in an interesting way. Uh... The card that Pegasus plays is called Negative Energy. And it raises, uh, monsters' attack powers. So he uses it to raise Soggy the Dark Clown's attack powers just high enough that he can't use the virus card anymore. Because the virus card can only be used by monsters that are a thousand or lower in their, uh um uh, attack powers
1: yeah i think this is in the last episode we also kind of saw using a magic card to negate the effects of another one by uh, messing with the requirements
0: um so he plays negative energy and it's an interesting strategy against the virus card because not only does he get to use the attack power um like, like the it's like kind of a bonus almost. The, uh, he gets to use that attack power like pumping. Thing on Kaiba's Dark Clown in order to make his virus card non usable, but then he also in a crushing blow, uses it on his own uh, monster card which is. I think it's called the Dark Bunny or something like that. Yeah. It looks like when WB was doing that, like, gritty superhero version of the Looney Tunes. And they were all dressed like ninjas. Oh, I don't remember this. Oh, boy. It was... It did not look good. Uh, It... No, not good. Not great. Uh, But it kind of has the same look as uh Pegasus's dark bunny um, card which he uses negative energy to enhance the attack power bone the attack power of and then um, attacks Soggy the dark clown and just annihilates him
1: Kaiba's but up I, against the ropes here
0: he really is
1: the dueling ring ropes.
0: Um, he also, I think Pegasus says when he gets the blue eyes, white dragon, now I have two things that you care about, which I was like, well, that's fucked up, (laughs) man. Hey. Uh, Pegasus has like a lot of really good lines in this episode. Um, he starts to feel even more like a very scary antagonist. Yeah. As opposed to just kind of like a very, um uh, like,
1: a funny, that silly. drinks,
0: uh, apple juice. Yeah, like, he seems a lot more, like, flamboyant and kind of just, like, very silly as an antagonist before, and now he's kind of, like, zeroing in his energy, and it's very disturbing to watch. Um, he- one of the taunts that he, uh, says to Seto, is he's talking about how, um, he's like, oh, I guess I was just lucky having the cards in my deck that, like, perfectly destroyed your cards, but I guess it's better to be lucky than it is to be good. Uh, which is not great. Um, but with that, I mean, he's got, uh, Seto Sweatin' and, uh, That is where we end on a bit of a cliffhanger, for part one. And we have two more uh, parts, I believe.
1: Yeah. So next podcast app, we'll find out the conclusion of this duel.
0: Yes. The next podcast app, which will be full of even more feelings about Seto Kaiba, and even more Pegasus taunts. Uh, and now it is the time in the podcast that we give the two episodes a little bit of a rating.
1: Alright. Um, should we do them separately since they're not connected?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we should do them separate because they're two pretty separate episodes, different energies I would say.
1: I give the first one a solid six. What was that? No, I'd, I didn't hear it. I give the first one a solid six.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I will agree with you on that one. A solid six star chips. It was pretty fun, uh, kind of uh more like lighter fare, but I felt like there was really good character development in it.
1: Yeah, we got to see Tia's deck and her passion for friendship, but overall the duel was kind of whatever.
0: Yeah, the duel was kind of. Uh a little by the book, um didn't really get to see anybody pull off anything super duper cool. and the animation was a little wonky, but there was some good my moments and great taya moments. Uh and then for champion versus creator, I mean, for me personally, It was a 10 out of 10 star chips. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the, uh, (laughs) the character development that we get on Pegasus, where we get to see more of his, uh, darker side. Um, and I felt like the duel is off to a very interesting start.
1: I'm gonna save my judgment for when we watch all the parts. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's fair. Listen to listen to the next podcast episode, uh to find out my rating.
0: Yeah. Um and yeah, uh we did a Twitter question. Um but I we only got one response on it. So do we maybe want to wait till next episode, see if we get some more responses?
1: Let's do and, that. Because I also yeah, don't remember we'll what the question up. was.
0: That's cool. <laughs> I made it up. Cool. Uh, but, yeah. Um, in the meantime, uh, please follow our Twitter at, the, at Yugi Bros Podcast um, on Twitter. We also have a Gmail account that I need to check with emails galore, I'm sure, which is uh, yugibrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, also want to thank Jocelyn Reyes for doing our theme music, Is yeah. it rules. Um, and we also want to thank all of the listeners. Hello, Duelists. Thank you for listening. Uh, hope you have a great week.
1: See you later, us. See you later, guys. It's time to put the